Welcome to Life with Zan. I'm your host and friend, Zan Farrow. This podcast was designed to celebrate how each of us breathe life into our own little corners of the world. Whether through work or play, it is my hope to honor the process and encourage others to do the same. Welcome to Life with Zan. Welcome to episode two of season four, but today is our first guest interview on the podcast of this season. Today, we're going to be chatting with Patricia Tram of Strut Interiors. Patricia is a registered interior designer with experience in commercial, single family, and multifamily residential and hospitality interior design. She received her Bachelor of Fine Arts degree in interior design from the University of North Texas with me and has a minor in project management and home furnishings merchandising. Patricia started her own design practice in 2021 and is quickly making her mark in the design world, making inspiring and colorful spaces one pattern at a time or all at once. I can't wait for you to hear this episode. Patricia and welcome to Life with Zan. Hi! I'm so excited (laughs) to have you here today. I've known you for a while now. Wait, how many years? Um, Um, I met you when I was, well I don't even know when I, if I met you at our internship. I I think I met you before that. Probably, but I'm gonna say I started that internship we met at in 2013. So nine Nine years? years. That's a long time. Well, so I feel like my real introduction to you was us interning together in college. You were a year above me, I guess, in interior design school. And at UNT, Go Mean Green. And we sat across from each other. Yes, yes, yes. We sat like one foot away from each other. Yes, and I remember you would give me sassy looks, yes. and I was like, this girl hates me. <laughs> I don't know. I just like, uh, it's like when I can tell someone is very deeply a good and nice person, there's something inside of me that challenges that. <laughs> That's okay. That like wants to bully that person, <laughs> but in a, in a loving way. Like, yeah. you know, I never ever meant any harm. No, no, no. I know that. And I think I won you (laughs) over eventually. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Perfect. Well, I am surrounded by a lot of interior designers, but I was excited to have you on just to hear a little bit about your experience. And I kind of want to know first, what made you want to go into interior design in the first place? Okay. So, you know, I was undecided when I started going to college, I actually was going to um, community college at Collin County Community College. Now it's just Collin College. And I didn't know what to do. And actually one of my friends was like, have you ever considered interior design? Because you play The Sims a lot. And I've been playing The Sims since I was 11 years old, <laughs> which is a long time. And I would create these houses and build them and design them and furnish them for hours, like staying up all night until the morning, until like 9 a.m. the next day. And then I'd be so tired, I wouldn't play the house and I'd just like go to sleep and just build another one. And that sounds like a really silly and weird way to get into this like full profession that I am now in, but that's pretty much how I got started. 
I know you're not the only one that started out yeah, that way. Yeah. You can't be. Hilarious. Do you still play The Sims now? Um, I don't have time to, but right. whenever I there is a window of time, I do play The Sims. It, yes, I play The Sims 4, oh. which is, yeah, that one's out right now. Oh, wow. I'm <laughs> not, not going to lie. Not sponsored. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I haven't played The Sims since... I'm going to guess I was like 12, but I can see how that would translate over into yeah. what you do now. And I, I want you to talk a little bit about your specific experience in different parts of interior design. I have only had one other interior designer on before, and I think it's important to share all the different parts of interior design that exist within the world and yours is kind of unique you've had a lot of experience in hospitality so yeah. i'd like to hear a little bit more about that and just explain like what that looks like for someone that has no idea what a designer in that world does well you know i didn't know i would ever get into hospitality or um multifamily, which is what i'm doing a lot of right now um, when I started, I got a job doing tenant development and I learned a lot. I learned a lot about codes and being technical. And while it was fun at the time, then I moved on to another firm and that's where I started doing multifamily. I didn't even know what the word multifamily meant. And it, you know, it's designing the amenity spaces and clubhouses of apartment building. So that's kind of how I started, you know, um, getting into that more higher end of design because uh, multifamily nowadays, it's filling that gray area between hospitality and uh, kind of like residential and commercial design all, all in one. Um, you're creating an experience for someone potentially living and leasing, leasing a space and then i moved on to my most recent firm i left ink and oro slash 5g studio collaborative and i had wanted to work there right out of college um, i applied and i just didn't have the experience yet so i got to work there a few years later and that's where i was able to work on um a couple of hotels and get that experience and you know, at the time I wasn't ready. I didn't feel I was ready, but you know, they saw something in me, which was, which is great. I had a lot of amazing mentors there that pushed me to my limits and really brought me to where I am today, to where I'm able to run a business and able to continue working on like very creative multifamily spaces. I am able to work on restaurants now. I've done an office on my own. It's really opened so many doors for me. Um, so that's where, that's how that, my last job took me to. Yes, and so now you're working for yourself. What kind of made you get to the point where you're like, I, I would love to work for myself. I see myself doing this and I want to be a part of every piece of the project and have like all the ability to create kind of whatever I want. So I, 
I think I was just kind of a workaholic when I was working for firms and just like prioritizing the work over myself pretty much. And working for myself was a way for me to kind of take control of my own life again <laughs> and uh, my own creativity. And um, so now I, I feel like I've just unleashed this other, this like whole other side of me that's like this full on creative, colorful monster. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I love it. Um, so uh, my mom's also has always been a self-employed business owner and my sister. So it's always just been a part of my family and I was always so scared to do it. And then I finally just made the jump and have had like a tremendous amount of support from family and friends, mentors, clients that um, continue, that want to continue working with me and have helped build my business. And it's really allowed me to not only be a, my creative, my full authentic creative self, but um, be able to prioritize um, just my life, my my friends, my family, my free time, my hobbies. And I feel like I'm just truly living, um, living my life. That's incredible. And so I'm wondering, because I'm also someone who works for myself, and you said that you kind of like taken your life back. And for me, I'm struggling all the time with creating <laughs> boundaries with work and life because when you work for yourself, you can really work 24 seven and never stop. So how do you kind of like create boundaries for yourself so you're getting the work done and feeling productive and making sure your clients are happy while also living your life? And it's a great, <laughs> that's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, for the most part, I, you know, I keep a journal and, you know, we had a little text message about, you know, what kind of journal did you buy? What journal is working for you? And not only do I include on my to-do list, you know, my work and my priorities, but I'm also including, you know, oh, make sure to have lunch with this friend, call this person. I, and, um, I prioritize running that's something I picked up just this year because I wanted a new year's resolution um last year it was accidentally starting a business um <laughs> so I that was not my new year's resolution last year so this year I wanted to create a new goal and I decided to pick up running and that's a way I have prioritized my free time and create boundaries for myself like I make sure I have a good lunch and then I run and I come back and I work. Um, and yeah, I don't know. <laughs> no, I think those are great. It comes answers. with a lot of practice. Yes. And just telling yourself, you know, you deserve, you deserve this time for yourself. Mm -hmm. And it's hard, especially when you do come from like a office, like a corporate environment. Um, and especially in, the architecture and design industry where it's all like it's almost like frowned upon to take time for yourself take a one hour lunch leave on time um those things can be you know 
like taboo, which is so sad. And that's like, that's a cycle that we need to actively break. And that's why I tell myself too, when I am seeing, I'm like having kind of unhealthy boundaries where I'm like, even when my boyfriend comes home and he's, you know, on the sofa and I'm still working in the home office till seven, I have to tell myself, okay, you need to stop. It'll get done. No one's going to email you anyway. Go have dinner, relax, pick it up in the morning. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. I, I've had a very similar experience and feeling and wanting to break that cycle myself and seeing it affect, you know, friends like you or colleagues and knowing that there's there's more out there and there is something to say about kind of like paying your dues and getting experience but at a certain point in time like life has to go on and work isn't everything it's a big part of our lives it's um yes it's who we are it uh drives us and is exciting and fun and rewarding but there's so much more to life and I love that you've picked up running and added kind of different things into your world that create space for you and are meaningful, which is amazing. And I, I'm so happy that you've had all this success in starting your own business and, um, but you still like got a lot of experience doing other things, but I have so many questions specifically about working kind of in the multifamily hospitality style space. I think it's so fascinating. For anyone listening, I had an internship in hospitality for a summer and I was so overwhelmed. There is so many details, so many people involved. And that's kind of when I learned like I was more interested in the sales side of things because there's a million sales reps. Because if you think about going to a restaurant or a hotel, you have to think about every single detail in that space, the lighting, the floors, the crown molding, the napkins, like they pick out everything. And it's, there's so much that goes into it. So what has been like your favorite thing in creating these spaces that are meant for like special moments or even if it's like someone coming in to like look and tour an apartment like what are what do you love about creating these environments for people what I really love is being able to revisit the projects or even people posting pictures of them um using the space that's that's the payoff is like seeing people actually gathering at a table, plugging in, you know, when you do like a custom power table and they're like, they have their laptops out, people are working, grabbing coffee. That is, that is the reward of being an interior designer is creating spaces that are usable, that inspire people. People take pictures, they come in and they are wowed. That is, that's what it's all about. It's not about the awards it's not about how many followers you have it's it's not about it's not even about money like that's that's how i came into this profession right out of college was like i want to be 
I want to be an award-winning designer. I want to be published. I want to be this and that. I want to be like a principal and be the boss. And my priorities have changed like almost eight years later now. Like I, now it's just about the people. I, it's, it's about the user. And that's what you read about in the books. Like that's our job. And it's like, I'm finally <laughs> kind of seeing that. Yeah. It's just like when you're in school and just right out of college, it's you're just it's so competitive and you just want to be the best at the top and work on the coolest stuff and the biggest high rise. And now it's just I'm in just in a different place where I just want to see people having fun, enjoying it, taking photos together. That makes me so happy just to hear you say that and kind of reminds me to take that same approach and work because I also just kind of got in many ways in interior design and other other parts of my work just like caught up in achieving that biggest thing um chasing that big goal and forgetting like the human aspect of it mm -hmm. because you know we're ingrained to want to achieve success and yeah and we're ingrained to compare to yes. which is something i've had to let go of mm -hmm. and in like design school um we were you know presenting to our class and stuff and vocally like critiquing one another which is helpful but at the same time you're all kind of like ranking each other like publicly <laughs> and, yeah. and it, it's it's sad but it's I mean it's an experience and you learn a lot but it's hard to like break yourself of that habit yes right? it's traumatic it's traumatic yeah. and that's that's how I feel about like architecture as a whole as well like every person in that attended like architecture school it's that same toxic environment you hear it in every single school that's like my professor ripped my model apart in front of me i what? cried like that's how i've heard that from multiple people at all different schools across the nation it's just like a thing it's just like an ego thing where they they think they're weeding out people by breaking them down and you know whoever's the strongest is left and will graduate and then that that talks that toxicity continues even in the workplace that energy is carried on thinking oh this is how i'm supposed to be because i i survived that trauma and that that uh, abuse mm -hmm. so i that's how i'm supposed to act now in the workplace people are supposed to you know pay their dues essentially like you were saying mm -hmm. oh no i hate Ooh. hearing that but i i've <laughs> And I haven't worked directly uh, with architects in the same way you have, but I've seen I've seen some of that, and it's it's disappointing. But it does sound like you've taken that experience and turned it around into creating a happy work environment for yourself, and even just with your clients, it seems like you're having a good time. Which yes. sounds silly <laughs> and simple, but that's what it's all about. Yeah. And um, I've enjoyed like following along your projects on Instagram. And can you tell us a little bit about this project you've done? I, I believe it's an old church. Is that? Oh, yes. I want to hear about it. Can you share a bit? 
Yes. Um, so it was originally established in 1904, and it's in Fort Worth in this neighborhood called Riverside. And it was actually um, going to be demolished. But uh, my client, who also started her business only like probably like four years ago, five years ago, also another woman owned business. I've watched her business grow. She's watched me grow. And so she offered to buy the building um, instead of, you know, tearing it down, building something new. Um, and it is, it serves as the clubhouse of an, of, of multifamily apartments of uh, income-based housing in Fort Worth. So it helps a lot of the people, helps the community and um, the church is really close to a lot of people's hearts. We at the grand opening a lot of people that have attended the church um were able to come and it means a lot to them so wow. we were able to we had to keep a lot of the elements um you know like the stained glass and some of the original um, brass pendants and things like that three rows of pews we kept um and so it was my goal to kind of marry the two elements of the this like traditional church with some modern elements to it too paying homage um to the design like the stained glass design in different ways um but keeping it updated so that you know you're able to kind of attract um kind of a really good mix as far as the demographic like, you know young people um that just think it's really cool. And then older people that find some familiarity with the space. Yes, I I was really interested in this project and just seeing what you're creating. Cause these were, this is the kind of project we would have gotten in school, like a very kind of out of the box um, opportunity. And you hear about them, but I never came across one in work. And it's cool to see the reuse of the space and it being like a positive impact on this community. And you created some really unique spaces like within this church. So if um, people should go check it out on Instagram, you shared a good bit there and you there's apartments within it and these cool like public spaces I I don't know I think it's really interesting and is it open now have people moved in yeah people were pre-leasing it which I think is like such an insane concept yeah. <laughs> of people uh which is it's really common of people leasing an apartment while it's in construction they haven't even like looked at the unit they just want an apartment. Um, so it was when I was um, still installing the furniture, they told me it was 90% leased, which is wow. crazy. Yeah, like people were just so excited to be able to live in it. It's mm -hmm. it's so cool. Um, awesome. And I think I've done, it's, it's with a longtime client of mine. Um, so I think that was probably like the 12th project I've done with them. And when you done when you do that many projects with a client, um, you know, you I just like I was just you know like it's done. I'm gonna move on. <laughs> but they did a tour with uh, another like a potential like client 
for me, like another developer, and they were just blown away. And I, you know, I definitely forget that, um, I guess how, I hate saying this, but I forget that how I'm pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> but they were like, whoa, this is so cool. <laughs> and even my longtime client was like, yeah, I mean, it's just like cool wall covering she picked and this and like even she's like kind of we're both like a little jaded we're just like right i don't get it but they're like whoa and i'm like well that feels good i still got yeah. it <laughs> of course and i think we all we all forget that right we're doing this same thing day after day after day and it feels so mundane to us but to other people that live in different worlds and they're doing different things for work they're they're blown away by what we do and we're blown away by what they do anyone that tells me like they're um dealing with excel all day or anything i'm like how does your brain do that how yeah, are you calculating all of this how like an accountant like i wish my brain worked that way but chances yeah. are someone's thinking that exact same thing about you and what you do all day so it's just nice to feel appreciated right for the work you're doing and it's a nice reminder like oh i'm actually like okay at this and <laughs> yeah. someone thinks it's nice <laughs> yes yeah it is nice to hear like oh okay <laughs> i know so, what i'm doing yeah so how long have you been working for yourself now um i i think since june of last mm. year yeah so not that long but right. really busy it feels long it's That's amazing. so which is great yeah and what has been like the biggest learning curve in working for yourself the biggest one is probably time management mm -hmm. <laughs> i get distracted really easily so it's like I'm working from home and I have to tell myself, no, focus, focus, put your phone down. And I just get, yeah, I'm just on TikTok and on Instagram. It's so bad. Um, so there's, that's a challenge and having to wear multiple hats has been hard. Like, you know, before I said, I wore a lot of hats doing interior design and construction administration and project managing, but now I, am writing invoices and contracts and I have to do my own social media and it's so hard like remembering to do all these things in order to run a business in the 21st century yes. like the social media component and oh my gosh everyone's on TikTok right now okay I need to post TikTok and and I am full service interior design too so that's also hard where I'm also selecting the furniture and I'm the purchasing agent, essentially. Yes. Um, it's a lot of learning, but it's still, um, it's still a much different type of stress than when I was working in a company. Mm -hmm. It's, it's just different. It's, uh, it's just rewarding getting to learn it all. Absolutely. So if someone, is listening and they are working for someone else and they want to be patricia one day what advice would you give them to like get started and plan to work for themselves oh my gosh i don't know <laughs> <laughs> no it you have to go at it every single day you have to be a hundred percent committed to it 
and you can't you cannot go into it with any fear this is a completely like fearless thing you have to do you have to like you have to overcome all your anxieties when they say fake it till you make it that's exactly what it is mm -hmm. you have to grind every day like when i jumped into it you know i was looking at immediately looking at what business names should i do and filing the llc that was the next step okay now i gotta get autodesk okay got that it's just every day you're kind of checking off boxes yep and uh this is it this is a little cutthroat when i say this but <laughs> it's either in you or it's not yep I agree. the grind is in you or it's not and it's hard like this is it's definitely the hardest i've ever worked <laughs> as far as starting the business that was it was i was learning so much and you know doing like learning accounting that side i did not want to learn i don't even know I, I finally hired a bookkeeper and she asked me you know so how are my books and i told her i said when people say my books are in order i don't know what that means i don't That's know fair <laughs> i like what books like i don't know my i have pdfs in a folder is that right so <laughs> so yeah i it's you just can't give up it's it's tough it is tough I and just have good relationships and mm -hmm. don't burn bridges never never you know, i think you you made a good point and i think it's really and i saw this quote the other day and it's something we've probably all heard but it's the perfect reminder and it's not about being like the best and most talented it's just about being consistent and continuing to show up yeah and that's kind of what i see grind as and i think a lot of people think grind is like burning yourself into the ground and I mean, you can do that, but you know, you will crash and burn. I think it is yeah. more just like that consistency, just the keep going and pushing through, even mm -hmm. when it feels like something's not working. Yeah. And obviously, like we've talked about, you got to take a break, you got to walk away. You know, the work will always be there. It's not going to stop necessarily. So um, giving yourself that space when you need it, but showing up again the next day. Yeah, it's just prioritizing yourself you know once again yeah so with working for yourself do you think that maybe the pandemic is what was a big shift for you so like in the last two years oh. has that been what has maybe made you see your work and career differently yes absolutely it totally um made me kind of more introspective and see my priorities um during the lockdown uh, when you know when we're all forced to work from home that's when i kind of saw that i had extremely unhealthy boundaries work boundaries you know i was excited to work from home but i was finding myself you know since i'm uh since i'm at home maybe i'll just eat at my desk you know uh i'll I'll watch TV for like 30 minutes and I'll get an email on my, you know, on my phone. Like, oh, let me just walk into my home office and just keep working. And I would just be burning myself out, just working 
like 12 hour days and I just totally had an awakening where I realized that I just needed more time. I just didn't care about money anymore. <laughs> uh, money doesn't solve anything. Money doesn't give you time to enjoy your life and create memories and um, build relationships. And I could see my, my like relationships suffering because I was prioritizing work and not prioritizing like my health and my relationships and my family. I'm having to compromise a lot. And yeah, it was a total shift in, in my priorities. And yeah, it's totally for the better. This is definitely, I feel like this is just where I was meant to be. I agree. I agree watching you and seeing like all that you've been creating and everything. And something we didn't touch on is that you also started making and selling candles. Oh yeah. <laughs> so what, what inspired that? Oh my gosh. So <laughs> I have so many hobbies. It's so That's funny. Okay. And that was, sorry, just to touch back on the 2020 kind of pandemic stuff. I was working so much that even one of my coworkers was like, you are working way too much. You haven't even made candles and you love making candles. I was like, oh my, like this person I work with, they're not even at home with me. They know me so well. They're, they are seeing I'm not engaging in my hobbies. Oh, and yeah. that's how big my, my hobbies are. That's when you know it's how much bad. I love. Yeah. That's how much I freaking love hobbies and I'm known for my hobbies. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I can't even remember when I started making candles, maybe two, two years ago or something. Mm -hmm. I, I love candles. I love to set a mood, you know, as you do too, mm -hmm. you know, when you come home, it's just like, that's the sign. It, it's a symbol. It's a symbol that the room is clean. It's a symbol. The workday is done. It's a symbol. Friends are coming to have dinner. I love candles. Yes. <laughs> and they, the smells them. are so symbolic of different, like, oh, this is a kind of scent you put in the bathroom. This is a kind of scent for um, dinner or uh, the laundry room. Mm -hmm. And so I love candles and I was buying so many of them and it just, it literally, is burning money. And I, I was thinking, you know, how hard could it be if I just started making my own? And so it slowly started with just like, I'll just buy some wax flakes on Amazon and buy a little like starter kit. And I started making some candles and kind of testing it out. Just some like empty pasta jars and things like that. And then I slowly was gifting them to people. They weren't great yet. They weren't, they weren't to where they are now. Mm -hmm. And then that opened up to me now buying from a wholesaler. Wow. <laughs> I, I buy like a 50 pound box of wax soy flakes and like super concentrated scents. And um, so I started, they started getting a little better and I started experimenting with like different wicks. And then one day I was having lunch actually at my last job. And one of my coworkers was saying, 
know, her grandmother was getting old and getting older and she wished there was a way for um, them to create one more memory, like one nice memory with their grandmother. Her, she has a big family with tons of sisters and aunts and things like that. And the, I think the Patty Wax place had just recently closed. So she was like, I just wish there was somewhere like that. And, uh, you know, I, was, I heard that and I said, no, what if I taught a candle class to you for you guys? And so that's how the labels started happening. And that was the beginning of strut was, okay, I need a business card for teaching this business or this uh, candle making class. I'm going to create labels so they can put it on their candle and their friends and family can see the candle and i bought a bunch of aprons and i bought a bunch of stainless steel pitchers mixers and i taught a 15 person candle class <laughs> at, in someone's home that was the that was the beginning of strut printed on on a piece of marketing so it was strut was a candle brand what? originally I I guess I knew that, but I hadn't really connected the dots. And that's so crazy to think <laughs> what just, you know, you just kind of followed your intuition there. You you knew you enjoyed doing this thing and someone kind of floated an idea that sparked something within you. And then it's the name of your business today. Yeah. It's kind of wild. So why strut? So um, my, I actually got the name from this boutique my friend used to work at called strut and it was in dallas and it's closed now um but i just always loved the name i just thought it was like so cool and i love a one name kind of brand and um so yeah i took the name and plus i just love it because i am also a huge fan of drag culture and you know RuPaul's Drag Race, any kind of drag, Boule uh, Brothers, if anyone's listening. <laughs> but I, and I just love it's it's super sassy. It's like strut your stuff, runway, fashion. I think I just love it. And everyone, a lot of people that I've told the name to when I first started the business, they love it too, and they said it's perfect for me. And I just I, I love that I just, it's like the perfect, I don't know, marriage. <laughs> yes, I would agree. You've always had a lot of fun with fashion and um, just like how you present yourself. When we met, you had like red hair and yeah. you don't anymore, but you've like done lots of different fun things with your hair. You've had bangs, you haven't had bangs. You were like blonde <laughs> at one point, like and you've just have fun with color and everything and just you are yourself. And I think strut like definitely aligns with that, which I think is very cool. Yeah. So as far, besides candles, is there anything else that's inspiring you and your work and what you're creating today? Hmm. I don't know. Everything kind of inspires me. Um, travel inspires me fashion absolutely inspires me yeah i think mostly just fashion <laughs> inspires me that's a great one just different color palettes i see that are on trend they always carry over into my interiors work just how i'm feeling and i'm always 
just the way I am with fashion, I'm always, and, and I do the same with interior design, I'm always trying to do something different than I was before. I'm always challenging myself and try not to create the same thing twice because, and, you know, especially because I have one of my clients I've had for a long time and I love that they're really open to my ideas and uh, it allows me to like, just try to be different every single time. Even if every project has a kitchen, how do I make it unique every time? So where they don't know it's, you know, the same designer and, but people, people often realize it's me. Like the contractor always knows it's me. <laughs> Is it like look at all, all these damn colors. <laughs> that's me they're like did Patricia do this like yeah you did um I try not to have a signature style but I kind of I think I kind of do now I'm realizing it it's just colorful <laughs> I love I'm loving color and yeah. I I feel like we've been living in a world of neutrals and I'm bored so oh my I, gosh I agree I'm so appreciate seeing what you're working on and I live vicariously through um your seeing your projects and uh just the details and watching it all come together is really fun so Life is Zan is a podcast all about honoring the process of life so in a world where we thrive on instant gratification, how do you find satisfaction and joy in the in-between, like the finishing of projects or making a new batch of candles? Whew. Uh, I don't know how to answer that, Zan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, how are you finding happiness when you're not like reaching a mountaintop, like enjoying day to day? Oh, well, um, you know, I picked up running. So yeah, exercise and just finding movement every day. You know, it's not about what calories I'm burning or how far I'm going, even if it's a walk, just finding movement and appreciating, you know, what your body can do. I love cooking. Me and Eric are very extra as people probably know. He's an architect. And then I'm a designer. So we like to do the most when we cook and we love hosting people. Um, we love our cats. And, you know, I, I just also love a good movie and reality television. That is yes. how I live my life. <laughs> there is nothing wrong with that. I, yeah. I, I agree completely with um, the movement. I've had to push myself a lot just to like, especially working for yourself, getting out of the house and getting some fresh air and doing something, getting outside of your head, outside of work and just moving your body. And it's um, so necessary. So if anyone mm -hmm. is kind of feeling in a rut and that's something you're not currently doing, highly recommend. Uh, Patricia, I have so enjoyed having you on my podcast and you sharing your experience as an interior designer. So can you share where people can follow you on social media? Yes, you can find me on my Instagram. It's at strut interiors and I have a TikTok. It's not great, uh, but it's also just strut interiors. 
and you can also find me on Pinterest where I'm pinning ideas for new projects all the time. So hopefully you'll find some inspiration. If not, um, hopefully it'll just, you know, make you happy. All the colors and patterns and fun music I post. It's it's a way for me to show people. Uh, Instagram is a way for me to show people who I am and um, attract the types of clients that want to work with me. Yes, and they will definitely enjoy seeing what you're up to. Seriously, following along your projects is so fun and interesting. I follow a lot of interior designers, obviously, and it's nice to see something different. And hey. I, I know everyone else will enjoy following you as well. Thank you so much for coming on Life with Zan, Patricia. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Life with Zan. If you like what you hear, go ahead and rate and review the podcast to give Life with Zan a little boost. We will be back each week from March through May. I'll see you next Thursday.